Hello everyone, welcome welcome to this podcast. Today I am speaking about the Axemen of New Orleans. The Axemen of New Orleans, Orleans was an unidentified American serial, serial killer active in New Orleans, Louisiana and surrounding communities including, including Gretna. From May 1918 to October 1919, this was the time, this was how much, how much time the serial killer was active. There was a lot of public panic and many killing, killings mentioned, mentioned similar murders as early as 1911. But he mainly targeted Italian immigrants and Italian Americans. This leaves the possibility open that the killings were racially motivated. Very racist, oh my god. Uh, the criminal status, he was never caught. He killed six and he injured six, killed six. He started the his first crime was at May 23 1918 and his last crime was October 27 1919 this these crimes were committed in the United States Louisiana so let's look at some of the victims the first victim is Joseph Maggio i think that's how you pronounce it an italian grocer and his wife Catherine were attacked on May 23 1918 while sleeping alongside each other at their home on the corner of Upper Line and Magnolia Street where they conducted a barroom and grocery the killer broke into the home and then proceeded to cut the couple's throat oh my god such violence why would you do that upon leaving he bashed their heads with an axe oh my god what wow perhaps in order to conceal the real cause of death Joseph attacked uh, survived the attack but died minutes after being discovered by his brothers Jake and Andrew in the apartment law enforcement agents found the bloody clothes of the murderer as he had obviously changed into a clean set of clothes before fleeing the scene still a smart murderer okay he at least at least he thought of something he thought of a plan and Catherine Maggio that was the second victim Catherine Maggio was the wife of Joseph Maggio her throat was, so, was cut so deeply that her head was nearly severed from her shoulders Whoa. with a straight edge blade how unlike Joseph Catherine did not survive long after the attack if at all and died before her husband's brother found them Louise Besuma this is the third victim and his mistress Harriet Lou were attacked in the early mornings of June 27, 1918 in the quarters at the back of his grocery store, which is located at the corner of Dorgenois and Lahab Streets. Besuma was struck with a hatchet above his right temple, which resulted in a possible skull fracture. Lou was hacked over the left ear and found unconscious, unconscious when police arrived at the scene. The couple were discovered shortly after 7 a.m. on the morning 7 a.m. on the morning of the attack by John Zanka, a driver of a bakery wagon who had come to the grocery store in, a, in order to make a routine de- delivery. Zanka found both Besumer and Lou in a puddle of their own blood, both bleeding from their heads. Okay, then, now that's a lot of damage. The axe belonged, the axe which had belonged to Besumer himself was found in the bathroom of the apartment. Besumer later stated to police that he had been sleeping which when he was bashed with the hatchet almost immediately police arrested potential suspect Louise Ubicon and 
a then 41-year-old African-American man who had been employed in Besumer's store just a week before the attacks. No evidence existed which, uh, which could have proven the man guilty. Okay, that was very racist. He's an African-American man. That's probably racially... Uh, that was probably a racist uh, police story. I, I, I'm English, accent, English is actually my second language, so I can pronounce some words correctly. And I can I have to translate everything from one language to another, so it's a difficulty. Let's continue. Fourth victim was Harriet Lou, who, who was in bed with Louis Besumer, as is mentioned previously. Louis, Louis, Lou, not Louise, okay, Lou was hacked above her left ear and found unconscious at the scene of the crime before she was rushed to Charity Hospital. Yes, I already told about this. Let's continue to the next person, Anna Schneider. When I hear the name Schneider, I always remember Jack Schneider. But let's continue. Was attacked in the early evening hours of August 5, 1918. The eight-month pregnant, the eight-month pregnant, 28-year-old Elmira Street awoke to find a dark, my God, dark figure standing over her and was bashed in the face repeatedly. Her scalp had been open, had been cut open. Oh my god, just imagining it, I can see a lot of blood just oh. was and was bashed in the face repeatedly. Her scalp had been cut open and her face was completely covered in blood. Mrs. Schneider was discovered after midnight by her husband, Ed Schneider, who was returning late from work. Ed Schneider claimed that she remembered nothing. Schneider claimed that she remembered nothing of the attack and gave birth to a healthy baby girl two days after the incidents. Oh my god, what the, what is wrong with this man? The sixth, the sixth victim is Joseph Romano. Joseph Romano was an elderly man living with his two nieces, Pauline and Mary Bruno. Wow, both Brunos. You don't talk about Bruno, no, no. Okay, let's continue. On August 10, 1918, Pauline and Mary woke up, awoke to the sound of a commotion in the adjoining room where the uncle resided. Upon entering the room, his the sisters discovered discovered that their uncle had been had taken a serious blow to the head, which resulted in two open cuts. The assailant was fleeing the scenes as they arrived. Yet the two girls. Yet the girls were able to distinguish that he was a dark-skinned man, he, skinned, heavy-set man, wore a dark suit and a slouched hat. And and getting that uh, picture in my head, okay, that's a very, very large man, very jacked man, yeah. Uh, okay, where is where? Okay, Romano, although Romano, although seriously injured was able to walk to the ambulance once it arrived. Yet two days later, due to the severe head trauma, he died. Oh my god. Next person is Charles Cortemiglia. Okay, I am going to stop after reading Charles' uh, story. Charles and Rose Cortemiglia's story. And the story, okay, most of the people were dead. And Let's continue. Okay. Charles was a Italian immigrant who lived with his wife, Rosie, an infant daughter, Mary, Rosie and infant daughter Mary, on the corner of Jefferson Avenue and 2nd Street in Gretna, Louisiana. 
a new orange suburb across the mississippi river on the night of march 10 1919 screams were heard coming from the cotimiglia residence grocer lorlando giordano wow what a rhyming name lorlando giordano rushed across the street to investigate upon his uh, arrival giordano noticed that charles cotimiglia his wife and their daughter had been attacked by the unknown intruder Rosie stood in the way with a stood in the doorway to a serious head wound clutching her deceased daughter Charles lay on the floor bleeding profusely the couple was rushed to charity hospital where it was discovered that both had suffered skull fractures nothing was stolen from the house but a panel on the back door panel on the back door had been chiseled away and a bloody axe was found on the back porch of the home okay now that's Okay, they did not die but still why why Rose Cotemiglia was the fi- wife of the immigrant laborer Charles Cotemiglia and she was attacked alongside her husband on March 10, 1919 while sleeping with her baby in her arms she was badly wounded by the axeman but survived the incident Mary Cotemiglia was the 2 year old daughter of Charles and Rosie she was killed and while sleeping in her mother's arms with a single blow to the back of the neck when she and her parents were attacked on March 10 1919 how how does this man have the courage to kill a 2 year old daughter girl sleeping in a mother's arms imagine that such a such, such a yeah, such a cruel man now there are three more murders but i three more murders but i don't want to talk about them there is a lot but that's uh, all that i have to say that these are the victims now i'm going to tell you about the suspects crime writer colin colin wilson speculates the axman could have been joseph monfrey a man shot to death in los angeles in december 1920 by the widow of mike pepitone the mike pepitone is one of the people who one of the victims who have, who have been killed or injured by the axman was uh, the axman's last known victim Ooh. wilson theory has been widely repeated in other two true crime books and websites our true crime writer michael newton says new orleans and los angeles public police and court records as well as news paper archives and failed to find any evidence of a man with the name joseph monfrey or a similar name having been assaulted or killed in los angeles Newton was also not able to find any information that Mrs. Pepitone identified in some sources as Esther Albano or another were others other simply as women who claimed to be Pepitone's widow was arrested tried or convicted for such a crime or indeed had been in California Newton notes that Pomfrey was not an unusual surname in New Orleans what it's not unusual Momfrey of all things you think that would be a very unusual name Momfrey is not an unusual surname in New Orleans what is this at the time of the crimes it appeared that there actually may have been an individual named Joseph Momfrey or Momfrey Momfrey or Momfrey in New Orleans who had a crime criminal history who may have been connected with organized crime however local records for the period are not extensive enough to allow confirmation of this or to positively identify the criminal wilson explain explanation is an urban legend and there is no more evidence now on the identity of the killer 
than there was at the time of the crimes the axman of new orleans actually also wrote a lot of letters to the local newspaper let's start with the first one called it's it's titled hell march 30 1919 esteemed mortal they have never caught me and they never will they have never seen me for i am invisible even as the other other that surrounds your earth i am not a human being but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell i am what you orleanians and your foolish police call the axman when i see fit i shall come and claim other victims i alone know whom they shall be i shall leave no clue except my bloody axe besmeared with blood and brains of brains of of he whom i have sent below to keep me company if you if you wish you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me of course i am a reasonable spirit i take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past in fact they have been so utterly stupid as not to only amuse me but his satanic majesty stuff francis joseph etc but tell them to be to beware let them not try to discover what i am for it were better that they were never born to incur the wrath of the wrath of the axe man okay okay that this is a very oh my god this is, this is just one this this is just one okay, let's continue it okay Okay. I don't think there is any need of such warning for I will show the police will always torch me as they have in the past they are wise and know how to keep away from all harm this is just one um what you can say letter yes and other letters also I think I think I I think they said they he sent her other letters but let's continue with this one letter undoubtedly you orleanians think of me as a most terrible most horrible murderer of course you are a horrible murderer come on he killed a 2 year old baby okay it's a baby he killed it how how which i am okay good at least you admit to it but i could be much worse if i wanted oh my If I wished I could pay a visit to your city every night at will I could slay thousands of your best citizens for I am in close relationship with the angel of death now to be exact at 12:15 earthly time on next Tuesday night I am going to pass over New Orleans in my infinite mercy I am going to make a little proposition to you people here it is I am very fond of jazz music and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time i have just mentioned if everyone has a jazz band going on going well then so much the better for you people one thing is certain that is some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific tuesday night if there be any will get the ask axe Well, I am as cold and crave warmth of my native Tartarus. What is that? And it is time I leave your earthly home and I cease my discourse hoping that thou wilt publish this and that it may go well with thee. Okay, this is the first time. Yes, uh, at the end of this um, letter, he speaks in ancient English. <laughs> Sorry. I have been... 
am and will be the worst spirit that ever existed either in fact or realm or fantasy the axman okay this person is horrible it's and and this is this is oh my god in 1919 local tune writer joseph john devilla wrote the song the mysterious axman stars don't scare me papa published by new orleans based world's music publishing company the cover depicted a family playing with frightened looks on their faces the axman's days oh my god okay this is not a demon or a spirit it's basically a person who's trying to scare people so i guess we'll stop it at here and i'm going to speak to you another i, I will come to you guys another time with another murder mystery Bye.